Sports Business Journal's SBJ Presents podcast, featuring industry experts, insight, and perspective on the issues impacting the business of sports. In this podcast series, sponsored by Populous, we'll explore the innovations in venue design that are engaging fans inside, outside, and digitally. In our first episode, The Future of Fidgetal, Populous Senior Principals Brian Marakian and Michael Lockwood join us to share the blend of technological and architectural tactics to fuel a solid fan strategy and exponential growth from 80,000 inside a stadium to 8 million worldwide. Brian and Michael, thanks for joining us. First off, uh, Michael, what is Fidgetal? Hey, Brian. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. I'll start with describing Fidgetal as the combination of the words uh, physical and digital. The word itself has been around for a while, um, probably over 10 years, but it's really it's best described as bridging the physical and digital divide. You know, it can be applied to marketing. It can be applied to design and creativity, of course is how we think of it. I was first exposed to Fidgetal a few years ago in a partnership with C2 Montreal, which is a a convention and a a conference up in Montreal that focuses on uh, commerce and creativity. And they work really hard on uh, a fully integrated digital environment where attendees are using digital applications to enhance their physical presence at the meeting. And it's really great because, you know, a lot of times over the past few years, you've seen this uh, be successful in different different fashions. We've been implemented into our facilities, but when you can use a digital application or a digital device to augment an in-person meeting, of course, we, we believe in in-person meetings and, and conventions and, and sports uh, in events, of course, but the digital devices are really able to help that and make it a much better experience, much more memorable, give you information and and enhance your ability to meet people you, that you want to meet on site. So. So we think of digital as a way to, to really share and, and bridge the divide between physical and digital environments. Hey, Brian, you want to add anything to that? Yeah. So, Brian, I appreciate that. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, when we look at the, the, the digital environment moving forward, there's so many different territories that this bridges into. Right. And, and I think as we kind of peer into the, the crystal ball and look, look into the future, it's only going to become more and more important. Right. And, and I think that especially during this time period, is we're finding new ways to experience entertainment and finding new ways to sort of bridge um, a gap and consume information in many different ways. I think our clients really are looking out into ways that they can provide a a product and they can reach their audiences and utilizing technology and innovation to do so, I think is natural. So I think as a design practice of populace, um, we're always focused on on the future. We're always thinking about what, what is the future building, but what is the future of bringing people together? And, you know, if that's in a convention center or it's a ballpark or it's an arena or it's an NFL stadium or kind of in the, the world that, that I've been living in, in terms of designing like esports arenas, certainly, you know, there's, there's all these kind of ways in which we're working with our clients to, to reach this audience. And I think as we, again, move into the future, technology continues to accelerate. And certainly we're seeing um, an amazing, amazing acceleration of technology occurring just even the, over the course of the last six months in ways that audiences are gathering together in new ways. I think the future from a design standpoint really, really holds a, a lot of exciting possibilities. So I know Michael and I are really excited about the, uh, the conversation today and, and uh, seeing where it takes us. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting time and it wasn't long ago that it was 
an either or scenario. You were either digital or you were there physically, right? But it obviously that's no longer the case, is it? You know, it's really uh, again as, as you kind of look at how we've pivoted and you know, just over the course of the last you know six months or so, and we look at just take. NBA, as an example, the way they, they've brought a uh, entertainment um, to fans by bringing virtual fans into a broadcast experience, you know, that's really an interesting moment of experimentation. I think we all hope that sooner than later we're, we're back together physically in a venue. But I think there's a lot of kind of lessons um, through this experimentation that we're learning, right? And I kind of point to one of the projects we were fortunate to be involved with a few years back in the eSports Stadium, Arlington. In Arlington, Texas, we were building out an esports stadium where you know we we built out a broadcast studio and many cameras and and the ability to to host international you know esports events. I think at the time you know we imagined you know wow this is a great way that we can produce events we can have live live audiences gather we can um, stream content on YouTube and Twitch and other platforms but. You know, I think what we found really, really interesting is during this time period when the doors were, were were locked and fans weren't able to physically gather, the broadcast infrastructure that we built essentially allowed their facility to become a soundstage. And during the time period when traditional sports weren't happening, esports events were happening and they were happening out of that venue. Since then, we've had a lot of you know conversations with event organizers where we can host frankly, um, a virtual conference where, where conference speakers can come onto site. We can produce the event and, and push that content out to a virtual audience, you know, virtual convention goers. And so I think that like what we're doing is, is again, kind of Michael and I really over the course of the last half year have been deeply immersed in the research and development, but thinking about what are the future of these venues that allow these sort of things to occur and how can we pivot and adapt and ultimately create something that that functions for our clients and, and really, really generate some value. But again, when we can't maybe physically be together in this transitionary period, as we navigate through this health crisis, what are the ways that we can still reach our audiences? And I think that's always the goal. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I would just like to add, it's it's interesting. We may be, or I'll, maybe I'll speak in the eye, I might be part of the last generation that can even ask this question, right? Uh, physical or digital, where, where I remember a time before digital. So, put that in the context of uh, being at a Kansas city chiefs game a couple of weeks ago with my wife and kids, you know, having a great time, you know, they were on their phones, not to distract them, but to actually engage in the live event uh, at a deeper level. So we're sitting there and, you know, my kids are saying, Hey, which, which uh, university did Travis, Travis Kelsey go to, you know, how tall is Tariq Hill? You know, how, how far can Patrick Mahomes throw the football, you know, and these answers are available at our fingertips. And I'm, I'm looking at my kids and their eyes are lighting up because they're making a connection, you know, emotionally with the information and then, and then the players that are right in front of them. So it's a, it's a beautiful scenario when taken in balance and understood appropriately for the situation. And I love the fact that we can even ask the question, is it either, or I don't, I don't think it, it is an either or at all. It's really about balance and how you, how you experience both worlds simultaneously and make those experiences more rich because of the two. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, there's the, I think misconception that baseball is boring, right? I've got a house full of girls and they love going to baseball games because what do they do? 
to your point, they get on their phone, you know, they're interactive, they're on social media, they're taking pictures, they're sending stuff out, they're, you know, they're looking things up online. So it's it's actually become very interactive, you know, out there in the cheap seats. And so, you know, next question for you is, you know, was this conversation taking place prior to COVID? And if it was, what has the pandemic done to maybe accelerate this move into a digital world? I think this was absolutely taking place prior to COVID. We work on facilities that take years and years of planning and design and, and then construction, of course, to become reality. And so, you know, prior to COVID, we were always designing and we always do design for the future. And I would say that what COVID has taught us Pre-COVID, it was always a little awkward, right, to jump on a video call or to share screens with an employee or to, to do something over Zoom. And being forced into that scenario, I think everybody is all of a sudden on the same page as far as technology because we, we depend on it more than we probably ever have to make these connections. And I think coming out of COVID, this is going to unlock a lot of innovation and a lot of possibility. And I hope folks will be more easily open to uh, engaging in, in with technology to make their physical experiences better. We don't think it's an either or, of course. And I, I do think that, you know, you mentioned a baseball game. I absolutely agree. I, I love the technology aspect of it. It's, it is our national pastime. It's a place to uh, be social, be with each other, um, whether that be through your phone or somebody sitting next to you. I personally love watching the players and seeing their emotions on their face and how they're approaching the game from a strategic point of view. And it's all the above. Uh, so I do think that uh, this current time with COVID is, has taught us to appreciate our, our digital lives a lot more than we did previously. And I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going to take us in the future. You know, I, I was going to mention Michael too, you know, I, I think that, um, one of the things that this health crisis has, has done is, you know, it has been a mass moment of disruption. Right. And, and it wasn't, you know, the, the moment that any of us wanted, but it's the moment that we're facing. Right. And I think what what history has taught us about these moments of disruption, though, is, is that it is it's some of our greatest, frankly, breakthroughs in science and, and technology and design architecture have happened in these moments. And I think we're going to look back on, on this time and, and we're going to see a lot of change um, that, frankly, was accelerated. There's a lot of thinking and a lot of things that, that people inherently want from consumer experiences, from technology, from the myriad other, other different segments that we all have, have stepped back and we have been engaged in critical thinking and research and development and in ways that we can advance technology, ways that we can communicate better together, ways that we can physically or virtually be together in ways that have never been done before. I think What's going to happen is is that we're going to come out on the other side of this, and hopefully um, in a shorter period than you know maybe we may think. But you know we hope that that when we come out on the other side of this, all this research and development is going to lead to better buildings. It's going to lead to to better um, types of technologies, and ultimately it's going to it's going to lead to experiences that we all love um, and enjoy. If you put it into the framework of baseball again, or any sport, frankly, for that matter. What all of our clients are looking for is how do we bring people back, right? How do we bring people back into our venue? They've been away for a while, right? And what are the kind of new things that our clients can offer to bring people back? What, what is that path to the way back in, into you know, any type of thing, right? I think technology will, will play a major, major role there. And I think it's going to be really, really cool to see the ways that these, these technologies, these, these new pieces of hardware, frankly, are changing things. If you look at the new iPhone, for instance... 
all the 5G technology, candidly, is, is going to be a real game changer because when you think about um, what, what you need to power true augmented reality experiences, these kind of next level of uh, engagement platforms, these access points into data, things like sports betting, for instance, these are all sort of things that are going to amplify the fan experience. And they're going to be critical tools that our clients are going to utilize to bring people back in the venue. I think, you know, a lot of things that are happening kind of quietly in the background are going to start to play out, but it's, they're going to be very important tools, I think, ultimately in bringing fans back into the venue. Yeah, now you and your teams have been working all around the world for many years leading up to this. Uh, I think it'd be kind of cool to talk about some of the venues or maybe the organizations um, that have been successful with a fidgetal strategy. Who's doing it right? I can just take this one to, to, to start off with. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I mentioned the esports stadium, Marlington, and this for us, Esports is a, an emerging sector. It's definitely something that, um, that you know, for the better part of the last half decade, we've been looking at very critically because um, we saw a wave in the entertainment landscape that was, that was coming. But as I mentioned, you know, when we embarked on that project, we were looking at, at trying to create really a, a versatile venue that was able to, you know, one, support a virtual content platform in mean, esports and gaming but was also going to be that, that bridge into you know, live audiences that could come in and, and could enjoy event in whatever capacity that may be. And so it was a, a good sort of moment of experimentation where we were able to, to delve deeply into what does a broadcast studio look like? What's the technology backbone that you need? What are the sort of pieces of equipment, you know, in terms of cameras and controller equipment, of course, and all the, all the many things that you need to kind of comprise that technology backbone, but ultimately... How do you create an environment that, that ultimately allows you to kind of live in both spaces in a virtual and a, and a, live, a live environment? So I think, again, it, it all kind of ties back to being able to, to work within the business uh, from an operational side. And ultimately, you know, how do you program content and how do you look at, you know, a 365, you know, content programming scenario where you can do esports, where you can have a mayoral address, where you can have a TED talk, where you can have a conference uh, we can have live music where you can do many different things. And, and I think ultimately there is a very tactical sort of business driven side to a digital experience that ultimately is, is around producing content and bringing people together and doing so in, in a manner that you don't have dark days. And, and I, and I think those are all sort of critical, you know, lessons learned as we design these venues and, and design them kind of across the spectrum. Yeah, I think, Brian, it's interesting how you mentioned dark days and, and content. You know, if you looked at a couple of our venues, T-Mobile Arena comes to mind in Las Vegas, of course, and, and the new Allianz Field in Minnesota, where they each broadcast the ambiance of the event well beyond their confines, right? So these facilities are becoming much more active players in their districts and in their destinations in the, in the form of T-Mobile designing an outdoor stage, having LED mesh, you know, externally broadcast content uh, to the strip in Las Vegas really animates the environment, draws people in, activates the site. You know, there's, there's tremendous opportunity there for the fan to be engaged or the consumer to be engaged to the event much more than, than just being inside of the seating bowl. Right. And then in Allianz field, you know, this idea that the, the venue lights up and takes on a branding uh, experience uh, all to its own, again, starts to create momentum and experience before you even enter the, the, the facility. So I think those are a few, you know, facility examples. I think I mentioned C2 Montreal earlier. 
they've focused really uh, intently on on making sure that transactions happen through digital experiences. So if I go to a conference, I want to make sure that I've met Brian. I've spoken face to face with him. That that is the ROI I need on my attendance. So I think you'll see conventions do that more often. Meetings. Uh, Brian mentioned esports. I think the the transactional component of the digital. Uh, environment again, augmenting but not supplementing the the physical need of us to to gather as humans. It's all very exciting, and I think those are a few examples of some some interesting uh, uh, success stories that are in the marketplace right now. And you know what's going to be, I guess, inevitable is sort of an Amazon effect, where you know if the Kansas City Chiefs are doing this and the Seattle Seahawks aren't. We kind of got a problem from a consumer standpoint, right? So um, how do you or how do we globalize the effort to reach audiences beyond the building? Because I know I guess the leagues will implement this on a, you know, pardon the pun, a level playing field, right? Um, What's this going to look like? It's a great question. And I'm glad you went there. I mean, I I think that when, you know, Michael and I are, are looking at designing these venues, what we're trying to do is if you just take the Kansas City Chiefs as an example, they're trying to, to, to reach an audience of 80,000 people on a Sunday, but they're trying to reach 8 million people every day as well, right? Through, through their content platform. And I think that breaking down those physical boundaries and, and reaching a globalized audience is really the goal of all, all of our clients in reality. They're trying to extend that brand. They're trying to not only connect with that local and, and, and regional audience, but they're trying to reach the kid in, in Beijing, China, Right. They're trying to globalize their brand and trying to bring that experience of what it's like to, to be in, in Arrowhead I and mean, to watch Patrick Mahomes, you know, throw that touchdown pass, whether you're in the venue or out of the venue and to create that dimension and um, to bring that dimension experience to many fans everywhere. I mean, I think that there's some, some real sort of technical things that, that we can be looking at in day one. I think that virtual reality really we're scratching the surface there. But VR um, is going to be something that will continue to advance and continue to grow. We're, we're again, sort of still kind of in, in its infancy. But there are many ways in which the next generation of, of 3D cameras are going to capture action that can be broadcast directly to a headset that makes you feel as if you're part of the action. But I also think that it's creativity in terms of audiences coming together. And, you know, I look at this time period again in terms of accelerating innovation, and, and I was just struck in April, my son is a big Fortnite fan. And he was like, dad, we got to watch that Travis Scott concert in Fortnite. And I was like, what, 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 what is this? And, and so we, we got on and we went into a virtual amphitheater basically and watched a Travis Scott concert with hundreds of people gathered virtually by avatar and 10 million people were concurrently watching this, this event. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is the reality of, of the future. You know, how are we gathering? We're gathering together physically. We're gathering virtually in the future via avatar. We're, we're, we're consuming events through, through virtual reality. There's so many ways that we dimensionalize this, this experience. And our, our clients are looking to, to push their story out um, to people well beyond the physical boundaries of their building. So I do think it's a, it's, a, it's a real sort of critical factor and certainly something that there were very much immersed in. Yeah, and I, you know, I would add to that, Brian. I was able to, uh, earlier this week, we were, were doing a deep dive on what the experience was like in the NBA bubble and the NHL bubble. And um, earlier this week, we were able to speak with Doug McDermott with the Indiana Pacers on his experience. Uh, and it was fantastic to hear the human side as well. So we talk about millions of people 
um, engaging with experiences globally. On the very human component, Doug was able to say, you know, the digital screens in the arena were fantastic because I could look up and I could see my parents watching the game. Yeah. (laughs) So here's a person that's uh, having a very human, very small experience, but very meaningful. Right. So you go from that one on one or in the case of Doug and his parents, you know, one on two experience where I'm going to perform better because I can see that my parents are in the audience digitally. Uh, to what Brian just described, which is millions and millions of people having a collective experience, still meaningful, but at a scale that we've not experienced as a as a human race before, right? It's fantastic to see what the future can bring and how do we tap into the ability for millions of people to gather around one collective experience, but then making it meaningful as a human being. That's that's really the, the design challenge ahead of us, which is extremely exciting. Yeah, it sure is. You know, we've kind of touched on this throughout the conversation, but I want to wrap it up by asking, what does the future look like? I mean, you don't have a crystal ball, but you're the guys who are going to build it. <laughs> so, you know, what does this look like? I think what um, what I just described and, and what Brian just described is is how do we make experiences more meaningful and more memorable? The, the fact of connectivity um, can be solved through technology. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that we're making huge strides every day, right? And how we connect um, more and more people together. And I think what's beautiful is is the stories that you've heard here. Brian mentioned his kids. I'm I'm the same way. You know, my kids are constantly engaging in the digital world, they don't even know the difference. They don't know that they're not. So playing Fortnite with their friends, you know, my kids have been, um, as of this recording, still uh, partaking in school from home and their outlet to their friends is through uh, esports. you know, engaging in Fortnite where they're together having fun and I hear them laughing and having a great time. I think embracing the human uh, desire to be together, creating an environments where people can can laugh, uh, can enjoy each other, can be together socially. Sports is a huge component of that. Uh, technology is a huge component. And I would say intelligence is a huge component. So attending a conference and getting that getting that knowledge that you need, but then also making sure that you're connecting socially and you're getting that social um, engagement that you need as a human as well. That's where I think the future is heading and and we're just scratching the surface of where we might go. Yeah. I was just going to add just to to your original question is what does the future look like? I, I think the future looks a lot like the past. You know, I think that uh, if we go back in history to the Coliseum thousands of years ago, people gathered together, right? It's in our DNA. You know, we want to be together. Um, We want to come together for an amazing, memorable experience that we share together. And I think that as we go into the future, we're all hopeful, of course, that we can be back together physically in venues sharing these amazing, memorable experiences. But technology is is going to be a tool that we will continue to utilize and and we'll continue to uh, innovate around. And we will continue to, to open up amazing possibilities that we've never even thought of before. And, uh, and I think that as designers and, and certainly as a design practice populace, as we, as we look into the crystal ball and we imagine the possibilities for our clients, uh, we will continue to, to do that. I agree with Michael. I think all of us share in optimism and uh, we're really looking forward to the future and seeing what it holds. You think we'll have a Super Bowl where you buy a ticket to physically be in the stadium and then maybe you buy another ticket to be virtually in the stadium and then you know that everybody else might be old school watching it at home on tv like we're, we're used to i mean is that part of the future 
I think it could be. And and I think that we work with so many great leagues from the NBA to the, you know, to the NFL across the spectrum. I think the NFL has maybe been one of the most innovative in terms of reaching audiences in, in different ways. I mean, I think they've just completely revolutionized, you know, the home viewing experience and um, the way that they have brought the product of the NFL to, to so many people globally is just profound. I think that they're always looking at ways that they can, they can create um, new opportunities to reach audiences um, with the Super Bowl. Yeah, I absolutely can imagine ways in which people can gather in a, in a suite, you know, with 15 or 20 of their, their closest friends and, and watch the event in a virtual manner, right? Or being able to select certain camera views where you have portals and access into unique experiences that you can, can never have. And so I think that really is the future, really, uh, to be in the audience and, and to be there in person. There's nothing that replaces that in many ways. But looking at the, the virtual dimension as well, and these portals, and these access points uh, that allow fans to gather um, and experience an event like the Super Bowl, there's something magic about that. And I think there are a lot of possibilities that will play out. Yeah, the thing I'd love to add, the Super Bowl is a great example of a, of a global phenomenon, right? It's, it's so much more than a football game. It's an event. Uh, it's a point in time that everybody understands during the year globally. And I think when you understand all of the digital ways that you can connect, premium experiences uh, to engage with the teams, you know, before, during and after the event, I think we're, we're looking at technologies now, you know, wearable technologies that will allow us as, as viewers to understand what the athletes are going through as far as stress and heart rate and excitement and, and discussion. You know, I could see premium content being streamed, you know, if every player is mic'd up, you know, a pay-per-view situation where you're, you're able to hear what's going on. You know, we looked at, uh, you know, some of the NFL films content produced after the Super Bowl. It's really fantastic to hear the discussion of the players and the coaches strategizing the game, how they're going to win, how they're going to succeed. So you can imagine if it makes for a great NFL film after the fact, how exciting would that be to be able to listen in to your team and the strategies they're implementing, you know, live. I think those are opportunities. And I think on the flip side of that, you know, if I'm a player again, back to the NBA bubble, back to, uh, you know, in the NHL bubble, they talked a lot about understanding statistics and live digital feeds to, to make their game better. If I'm a player in the Super Bowl, wouldn't it be fantastic to somehow understand the magnitude of the viewership that's happening live? So how do you take all of that digital content and then manifest itself physically in the stadium? So I actually have a sense uh, of what it's like to have 100 million people watching me right now, not to totally overwhelm them. But that's beautiful, right? So Brian mentioned, you know, being able to get together uh, uh, digitally with some friends in a virtual suite. If I'm a player, it would be great to understand that, hey, there are stadiums full of people watching me right now virtually. Um, so I think it does go both ways. I think the digital environment can be fantastic for fans. And I think for players as well, I think they can really get a sense of the impact they're having on the world at that given moment. And I know that's that's broadly speaking, but it's powerful when you think about an event like the Super Bowl or other mega events like the Olympics, understanding that we are coming together globally to enjoy uh, competition. And that's beautiful. And, and I think that the digital and physical divide will get much, much smaller and make experiences better for everybody involved. Thanks to Michael Lockwood and Brian Marakian, Senior Principals at Populous, for joining us. And thank you for downloading Sports Business Journal's SBJ Presents podcast, sponsored by Populous. 